Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We've already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence so you will never work for someone else again. And now, here's your host, Dustin Heiner. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I want to show you how you can quit your job, never work for somebody again with any different way possible. That could be owning a taco truck. That could be cleaning carpets. It could be having a blog. It could be having a podcast or even do public speaking. Everything out there is open for you so you don't have to work for somebody else. You can actually make money for your family without working that J-O-B, that just over broke job. Now today we're going to be talking with a fantastic speaker, somebody that gets paid to tell stories, gets paid to just talk to groups of people. And there are many, many people that actually want to do this. And so I'm super excited to bring on my guest today to show you how you can scale your business Start getting paid to tell stories and do really well so you don't have to work for somebody else again. All right, guys, enjoy this episode where we learn how to do public speaking. Grant, thank you so much for being here on the show. Thanks, Dustin. Appreciate it, man. Uh, Looking forward to this. All right, Matt. So let's jump right into it. How do you make money speaking and and be able to provide for your family without having a a just over broke J-O-B a job? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, so today, what we do is the core of what we do is, is we teach people how to find and book paid speaking gigs. So, I've been in the speaking industry for uh, about 12, 13 years now. And uh, we can go way back in time. I was a, a youth pastor for a little while and then got into speaking and uh, really enjoyed it. But I had a lot of people who are asking me, like, hey, I want to be a speaker. How do I find gigs and, and how do I know how much to charge? And so, uh, we created a couple of programs. And that's the core of what we do today is we, we teach people how to find and book paid speaking gigs uh, through, uh, through our different programs. That's awesome. Now, I, you and I have known, known each other for a little bit. We're just normal, normal guys, you know, normal guys like your next door neighbor that really just love helping people. I invest in real estate and I love showing people how to do it because it's just fun for me. And it's just it's something right. I can, I can do. Um, same thing with you. You love speaking, but now you love sharing with it. Now take us back. You said you were a youth pastor. Talk to us about when you were working a job and how that got you to transition from there to becoming full time in your paid speaking gig and then all the emotions and feelings and, you know, how did your wife feel and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So if we go way back, so when uh, I was working at this uh, local church as a youth pastor, I had a lot of opportunities to speak and I enjoyed it. I felt like I was decent at it. I wanted to do more of it. Had no idea what to do from there. Uh, and so the church that we were at, there were, there were parts of it I liked, parts of it I didn't like. Um, but the thing I really enjoyed was, was speaking. And so uh, we'd been there for a little over a year and it was a, it was a, tough gig at times. It was um, uh, one of those where like, you, there's not necessarily like clock in, clock out. You're just kind of always on and always available. And, and ministry is not for the faint of heart. Uh, and so my um, my wife was pregnant with our first child. And there's nothing like bringing a kid into the world that just causes you to like question everything and just figuring out what, what the heck am I doing with my life? Uh, and so I started really thinking through like, I, is this really what I want to be doing? If I was going to be doing something else, what would I rather be doing? Uh, and so ultimately we kind of landed on like, okay, I, 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 I'm not sure what I would rather be doing, but I know that, um, the gig that I'm currently doing is not it. It was just, it was less than a healthy environment. And, uh, so ultimately decided to resign that. Now at the time, my wife was, I think five months pregnant with our our first child. Um, it's not like we had a, a ton of savings or anything to fall back on. I didn't have any other job lined up. So looking back on paper, 
horrible timing. Um, but at the same time going like, okay, I, I got to figure out what I want to do with my life. Right. And, and we all have to work. We all have to eat and live indoors. So we, we, we got to do something here. Right. And I want to be clear on what that is for me. And so for the next several months, uh, I worked a variety of just different odd jobs. So I worked um, at a security company, basically doing like residential door-to-door security sales, um, uh, like home security systems. Uh, so did that for a little while. I worked at a couple different restaurants as a server. Um, and it was just like trying to piece things together just to make ends meet. None of it was like my career aspirations was to be to, you know, a security salesman or to be a, a server, although I enjoyed both those gigs. Uh, but it wasn't really what I wanted to be doing. I was just trying to like buy time and, and again, continue to make ends meet. And so ultimately, like really spending several months of just kind of soul searching to figure out what am I good at? What do I want to do? What am I passionate about? What am I interested in? Where are my skills at? Uh, really kind of landed on the, the speaking path. And so talked with my wife about it and she was on board. She's like, yep, let's go after it. Uh, and like any business, it's, it wasn't where like, you know, you, you decide on Friday, like, okay, I think I want to, I want to get into speaking. I think that'd be cool. And then like, all right, I'm going to just quit my job on Monday. I'm going to just do that. And like, it doesn't work like that because there's that interim period of like, I still have to eat and live indoors and provide for the family. So I still got to be doing something else to make that possible. And so for a little while, it feels like you're doing a lot because you're, you're doing your normal quote unquote day job just to like make ends meet. But then at the same time, like you're trying to build something else up up and, uh, and build some momentum there. And so you're just, you're doing a lot. Um, but over time, what ended up happening was I was like, okay, I want to pursue a career as a speaker. So I started booking a few gigs. And as I was booking a few gigs, then I started reducing some of the other things I was doing. So uh, I was doing the um, uh, security job and then I was doing working at a restaurant. So then I stopped working at the restaurant and was just doing the security thing whilst doing more gigs. And then I was doing, um, also within the midst of that, uh, I worked for two different um, speaking companies and I was doing presentations for them. And so then, you know, as my own speaking started to take off, then I stopped doing the security stuff. And as my own speaking continued to pick up, then I stopped doing one of the other security, or the one of the other uh, speaking um, uh, companies. And so eventually it got to a point where it wasn't just like this, this overnight thing of going like, all right, I'm ready, let's go. It was just kind of this gradual step-by-step process to make sure that again, we were stable and secure and comfortable that again, we could continue to pay the bills and provide for the family uh, to slowly make that transition to uh, to being a, a full-time speaker. So absolutely it wasn't an overnight thing, but um, having the patience and having like a, a goal in mind of, okay, I know where I'm going with this um, was 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 what made it possible. That's great. And I love the fact that you know that you have to provide for your family. You know, that's something that we have to do. And that's a hard part in a transition. Now, I when I quit my job, I had 30 plus properties. I didn't need to worry about money. So I was blessed yeah. to be able to do that. I would be so mind blowing for me to say, you know what? Oh, because I was literally, I was a youth pastor for a while as well. And so mm-hmm. going through that, I, I feel you. I know you don't get paid very much too. Yeah. <laughs> get that headache. And so transitioning, I could absolutely see that. Um, now, as you, as you were going through that, your wife said, let's go right for it. Now, what is, let's, let's take a step into the business of speaking. Show me or tell me how, I know you have, there's probably some steps in there from, you know, step one, step two, step three. How do I get started with public speaking? Yeah. So this is uh, absolutely something that we cover inside uh, the new book, The Successful Speaker. And so we walk through what we call the speaker success roadmap. So it is uh, five steps that just walk this through uh, that makes the acronym speak, S-P-E-A-K. Uh, and so we'll, we'll give you kind of a high level view of that, and then we can dig in wherever you want. But uh, the S is for select a problem to solve, select a problem to solve. And this isn't, this isn't applicable to just speakers. This is true for anybody trying to do their own thing, trying to be 
be, uh, you know, that, that successfully unemployed. So the S select a problem to solve uh, really comes down to two parts of the equation. One is getting really, really clear on who it is that you want to speak to. As a speaker, you cannot speak to everybody. So if we say like, who do you speak to? And you're like, I, I speak to humans. I speak to people. Like that doesn't work. You got to be really clear and really specific about who it is that you speak to. The second part of the equation uh, is what's the problem that you solve for that audience? What is the problem that you solve? So again, you can't try to speak on anything and everything. So if someone asks, you know, what do you speak about? And you say, what do you, you know, what do you want me to speak about? I can speak about anything like that doesn't work. So you have to be really clear about who you speak to and what is the problem that you solve for that audience. So that's the S. The P is then prepare your talk, prepare your talk. So once you're clear on this is who I speak to, this is the problem that I solve. I know what the solution is that I'm trying to bring to the table. Uh, and that can come in the form of a, you know, of a workshop or a keynote or a breakout or a seminar. Uh, we talk about um, as well as how to create and deliver a great talk from stage as well. Uh, the E is then establish yourself as the expert. So this comes down to uh, really putting your your flag in the sand, uh, your mark on the ground that like, I am the go-to authority on this subject or topic. I am the person that you want to hire to talk about this. This really comes down to two key marketing tools, your website and your demo video, your website and demo video. So you you have to have these things in place. Uh, and again, we, we dig into more on, on how you put those together. Uh, the A is acquire paid speaking gigs. So just because you're clear on who you speak to, just because you, you know what the problem is that you solve, just because you have a, a website and a video doesn't mean all of a sudden like you're magically going to get gigs. Okay. It means squat. So now we got to actually create some type of system that's going to help you to actually book gigs. Uh, and so that's where we dig into that. And then the K is a uh, know when to scale, know when to scale. What I mean by that is there's a lot of people who are interested in speaking, who are also interested in writing a book or doing a podcast or doing a course or doing coaching or consulting or any number of other things. And you can do all of the things, but you can't do all the things at once. Something's going to come first. Something's going to come last. You got to be clear about how does speaking fit into the mix of what you want to accomplish. So big picture that that's what the, the speak framework is. Is. That's kind of what we walk through and what we teach uh, inside the book. And what was the book called again? The Successful Speaker, Five Steps for Booking Gigs, Getting Paid, and Building Your Platform. That's awesome. Now, let's say we already have an idea. Well, I'm just let's like role play. So yeah. I teach real estate. I already have a blog, Master Passive Income. I already have a podcast. I already have a bunch of books out there. I, I, I've already have a little bit of stuff out there, but I have never done paid speak. I never gone mm -hmm. anywhere. And I've had things where I've done it for free, you know, in front of like a, mm -hmm. an REI or like a real estate meetup. I've done that plenty of times, but yep. I've never said, Hey, can you hire me to come speak at your event? I've never yep. done that before. What is the first step that I would do after I've already had the established of, of my brand and everything? What should I do next? Yeah. So we'd, so we'd just work right through that process. So if we started with the yes and being really, really clear about who you speak to and what's the problem that you solve. So um, one of the ways you can start by doing that is by thinking through some of your experience, what's your expertise in, uh, what is it, what is uh, some of the worlds that you already know. So like for you, you know a lot about real estate, you know a lot about real estate investing, you know a lot about like long distance real estate investing, various types of real estate investing. So you already have some knowledge there. So from there, then you can, you want to do a little bit of market research to figure out what are the opportunities that that actually exists in the marketplace. Just because you care about a topic, just because you're knowledgeable about a topic doesn't mean people are actually hiring speakers to talk about that. If I said I am deeply passionate about um, um, underwater basket weaving, I, I may be the world's foremost expert on it, but it doesn't mean anybody's hiring speakers to talk about that. So you have to figure it out. Maybe they are, but you have to do a little bit of research to figure out, is this a thing that people are looking for? And so to do that, you can do that in a couple different ways. One, 
is that you can go uh, to Google and look for other speakers who are doing something similar to what you want to do. So look up, you know, real estate investing speaker, uh, and which you probably find a lot, uh, real estate conference, real estate event. Um, uh, you live uh, in, in Arizona, right? Yep. Uh, and so if you did a search for like, you know, Arizona real estate conference, Arizona um, real estate investing event, real estate event investing association. And so basically what you're trying to do is you're trying to find like some of these actual events that you could potentially be a good fit for. So the process here is you want to find some of these opportunities. And as you're looking, you want to find some that, uh, especially as you're looking for speakers, you want to find some that maybe are a step or two ahead of you, not people who are light years ahead of you. So if you said, okay, I want to be, um, I want to be a motivational speaker. So let's see here. Well, Tony Robbins is a motivational speaker, so I should be able to do that. It's like, well, you know, we're talking about different things here. So you want to find someone who, again, is a step or two ahead of you. They're not light years ahead of you. So it feels like, yeah, there is some opportunities that exist for you. Now, if you're researching, if you're looking and you're like, I can't find any speaker who does this, I'm going to be the first. That's not a good thing. That's not what we're going for here. Okay. We want to find, um, want to find where there's an existing market where people are already used to hiring speakers to come in and talk about this. So that would be really the first part of the process is just kind of getting clear on what's the problem that you could solve? What could you speak on? But then doing some market research to figure out what opportunities actually exist that you could speak to. Do I do that for free or do I ask for money? Like what in the getting that first gig, what do I do? Yeah. So there are a couple of approaches there. So one is that you could absolutely, you know, try to, to charge. And, and usually um, uh, a lot of people, when they're thinking through like how much do I charge? And there are absolutely a lot of variables in that. Uh, one of the things that kind of helps with that a little shortcut is we put together a free speaker fee calculator. Uh, people can go to myspeakerfee.com, myspeakerfee.com. It's totally free. Um, but basically you enter uh, a couple, you answer a couple of multiple, multiple choice questions and it will give you a number of what you should be charging as a speaker. So again, totally free, uh, myspeakerfee.com. Uh, so that will give you something to go off of. Uh, but the other side of it, like in your situation, Dustin, is um, there are reasons where it may make sense to speak for free. So for example, uh, maybe like in your case, you have some type of product or service that you offer on the back end. So even if they don't pay you anything, but you're able to generate leads or you're able to generate you know, uh, clients or customers or something out of the event, then it may be worthwhile for you. So I'll give an example. There's a, a student that we worked with a while back and they do something like 30 or 40 um, free speaking gigs a year. Almost all the speaking they do is for free. But they do it as lead generation for a coaching business that they have that is a $300,000 a year coaching business. But the whole thing is built on speaking for free. So on paper, you're like, oh, you're just speaking for free. That doesn't count. That's not real or whatever. But he would tell you that the whole business on the back end of the coaching is built on the free speaking. So even though he didn't get a check up front, he's making significant income and significant revenue on the back end. So all that to say that like there are ways that you can generate revenue that may be beyond just whether or not you got a check at the event. Uh, and I think that also speaks to um, there's people who are listening or watching right now who would say, I want to, you know, I want to do what Grant did. I want to be a full-time speaker. I want to do 50, 60, 70 gigs a year. Uh, and so other people who are like, I, I don't want to do that. Like I, I've, I have either a full-time job or I'm just starting a business or I have other things that I offer, but I wouldn't mind doing five gigs a year or 10 gigs a year. But I just, I don't know, how do I find those or how much do I charge or uh, what do I speak about or how, how do I do that? Uh, and so there's not a right or wrong amount that you have to do a right or wrong way that you have to do speaking. Like speaking can fit into a lot of different business models in a lot of different ways. You just ultimately have to decide like what, what makes sense for you in terms of what you're trying to accomplish. I love the idea or the, 
the thought that there are so many different ways to either charge for or to get really to get started. I'll give you an example. It's very, very similar to um, what you, what the uh, student, one of your students did. So I was traveling from Orlando, Florida. I went to one conference with my family last year, drove mm-hmm. four weeks of basically a huge, long, fun field trip along the East Coast. Uh, over in your kind of your neck of the woods, see sightseeing and did a lot, a lot of great stuff. And I had a friend in New Jersey who said, "Hey, I'm having a real estate investor meetup. Would you come and speak there?" I'm like, ah, "That's fine. I'll go ahead and do it. I'm going to be hanging out at your house. I might as well just go hang out with you. Would you go right. speak?" Well, I didn't go there with any expectation of anything. I went there and I spoke for free. I taught and I, I, I gave inspiration and all that good stuff. And then I got people buying into my course. I didn't even do a sales pitch. Yep. They came up to me afterwards. How can I? I, did, I literally did not do a sales pitch at all. It was just teaching. They come up. How can I work with you? How can I? Yeah. I was like, great. And so I got people buying into my course and coaching because of that. So absolutely terrific. Now, let's say we've got our first gig. We have a couple of pictures, maybe a little bit of video of us standing on stage. What's the next step? Like, It seems like our customers are not the people that are in the audience. It's the people that are hiring the speakers. Talk to us a little bit about how do we then market ourselves as a speaker and who do we call? Yep. Very good. So uh, you make a great point there that there's a difference between your audience and your buyer. Um, So for example, when I first started my career, like I mentioned, I used to be a youth pastor. Then I started doing a lot of speaking to schools. Now I was doing a lot with like high schools, for example, and um, the audience was typically going to be, you know, 16, 17, 18 year old high school students. But the buyer, the decision maker was like a, a 45 year old principal. So they were two different groups there. And so you're right that you want to make sure that your marketing materials is appealing to your buyer, not your audience, right? Because they're the ones that are actually making the decision. They're the ones that are going to be searching for you. So you want to make sure that your website, your demo video are set up for that. When I created my website um, initially for uh, speaking, it wasn't to appeal to 16 year old students. It was to appeal to the 45 year old high school principal or whoever uh, decision maker. That's who I was trying to reach uh, early on in my career. Um, so once you're again clear on who you're trying to reach and what you're, and you have your marketing materials in place, um, one of the things you mentioned is like, who do I call? I wouldn't recommend that you just, you pick up the phone and call like, um, cold calling is no fun for anybody for either side of the phone. I wouldn't recommend it. Not advisable. What you can do though, uh, is one of the best places to start in terms of finding gigs. And there's a lot of ways to go about this, but one would be uh, that you can Google just looking up um, uh, particular events that you may be a fit for. So again, let's go back to, let's say you're searching for uh, some events in Arizona and you find a few opportunities or a few examples, uh, then you may be able to just email them uh, and, and ask them about some of the events that they may be putting on. Because if, um, you know, for example, let's take that meetup that you spoke at for that friend. That is a meetup that happens, what, on a monthly or quarterly basis. Monthly, yeah. Uh, yeah. And they probably bring in a speaker every single time, right? So you didn't have to convince him to hire a speaker. He was already planning on hiring a speaker. You're just showing why you're a good fit. And that's the way all conferences are. It is much simpler and easier to get booked by an organization that's already looking for a speaker versus a organization or a group that uh, you're trying to convince to hire a speaker. And then you're trying to convince that you're a good fit, right? You have to fight two battles there versus again, with that guy, your buddy, uh, and most events are like, we, we already need a speaker. So you don't have to convince us to hire a speaker. Uh, you're just showing why you're a good fit. So if you found, you know, let's say the Re- Arizona real estate investors association, uh, that has a, you know, a, a fall conference or something, then it wouldn't be a stretch for you to reach out to them and say, Hey, I know that you have your fall conference coming up. I know that you're going to be planning it soon. Um, you know, I'd love to talk to you about some, uh, here's some possible ideas of things that I could speak on. Um, you're just showing why you're a good fit. 
because again, you are providing a solution to a problem that they already have. So email works really well for that uh, is to start the ball rolling and to start by, by reaching out there. There's other things you can do. Anything that you do speak at, like you mentioned, you spoke at a, at a meetup. Uh, anybody in that audience, they may not necessarily themselves be looking for speakers, but they may know of someone who is. So make sure that your audiences know. Um, also make sure that everyone in your sphere of influence knows that you're a speaker. Uh, so sometimes we're like, okay, I want to be a speaker, but like nobody knows. Nobody, like your mom is, isn't even aware that you are interested in this. So you want to make sure that people are aware that you are a speaker, that you put it on social media, that you let people know and put it on the radar that this is something that you do. Uh, other things you can do is connect with other speakers who are in your uh, in your in your space who are speaking at similar things, um, because if you go, uh, let's take again the meetup example. You go speak there. You you did a great job. He loved you. He'd love to have you back. But they're not going to have you back immediately. Like they can't have Dustin come speak it every month. But he is probably interested to say like, okay, um, you did a great job. Who else do you know who would be a good fit, right? So if, if Dustin's able to say, oh, you need to go talk to my friend, you know, Grant. Grant would be a great speaker. He speaks on this or he's an expert on that. He'd be a great fit for it. Uh, and then events Grant, me, am going to speak at. I'm doing the same thing. Of I did a great job at an event and they want to know who else I, I would recommend or know. You need to go talk to Dustin. Dustin would be awesome for you. Um, again, that can work really, really well. I remember my first year, my first full-time year of, of being a speaker, that my largest source of bookings uh, came from other speakers. Uh, and just by building relationships with other speakers, and they were just referring me stuff uh, that either they had done before or stuff that they um, were invited to that I couldn't do. Um, there was one um, uh, earlier this week at the time of this recording, I got an email for, uh, from a client I worked with a few years ago. And they said, hey, uh, you did awesome. We would love to have you back. Um, and it wasn't really a fit for, or they just had a lower budget than what I would be charging. I said, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to do it, but let me tell you about this other speaker that I think would be great. And they've already booked that speaker. Uh, and so just because they, this speaker had that relationship with me, uh, they made thousands of dollars on a speaking gig, um, because I said, yep, you need to talk to them. And they booked them, you know, so building those relationships with other speakers um, works as well. But again, the point being that just saying like um, putting up a website or just posting on social media, like, OK, I'm a speaker. Now I just sit back and wait. It's kind of like if I if I came to you and I said, you know, I want to I want to buy my first um, uh, rental property. You know, it's like uh, just posting on social media saying like, OK, I'm looking for a rental property. Now I just wait, you know. Or I never, I'm never like browsing the MLS, or I'm never talking to agents, or I'm never connecting with with other investors. Like, I, I, I you did something that's good, but you got to keep the ball rolling there. You got to keep that momentum going, and it does re it requires work, it requires effort. So, um, so, there's a lot you can do there, but again, it does require that you you take action on it. So, and I, I absolutely can attest to the more networking that you do, the more that other people know what you do and how you do it. Yeah. the better your business gets. Speaking business, it could be, let's say you're doing anything like real estate investing. The more people I told way back when I was first started investing in real estate, the more people I told that I was an investor, that I bought properties, the more deals came to me. And now I literally get deals all the time in my email yeah. box. I could just literally turn them down or point them out to somebody else. Like one of my coaching students, like, here you go. Just like you said, just pass them on because you have people already know you. Now talk about the how to establish authority like is a website absolutely important should we have a book should we have courses or should could we get started with something that's ra rather small like do we have to have everything built out first 
No, no. You, um, the website and the video are two very important pieces. You don't need a course. You don't need a blog. You don't need a podcast. You don't need any other of these bells and whistles. You don't need a book. Like if you have any of those things, that's great. That's fine. That's nice. But you don't have to have them in order to get started as a speaker. But you do need a website. You do need a video. Like in this day and age, if you don't have a website, you don't exist. Like people won't take you seriously. So you need a website. Now, just because you need both a website and a video doesn't mean you have to have spent tens of thousands of dollars on them. Like there's some solid tools that you can create. A, a Squarespace site for next to nothing. Uh, even if you hired a, a designer to help you with it um, and you use some type of template, you could probably create a good website for a hundred bucks, a couple hundred bucks, something like that. Um, now, again, you can spend thousands of dollars on some fancy custom thing. I'm saying for version 1.0, you don't need to do that. So you just start with like version 1.0 and that, that works. Um, so definitely recommend a website. Second thing is that demo video. Now, a demo video is think of it like a movie trailer. Uh, you know, before we would go see a movie, like you want to see the trailer. And so they take like this 90 minute movie, they boil it down to two or three minutes. And within those two or three minutes, you have an idea of who's in it, what's the plot, what's the theme. And the, the goal of a movie trailer and the goal of a demo video is to make you want to see more, is to make someone be like, oh, that looks legit. We got to go see that. Or like, ah, that looks stupid. I don't want to see that. Not that it's a bad movie. It's just not what I'm looking for. And the same thing is true for an event planner. Like it's really difficult to convince an event planner or organizer to hire you, let alone to pay you if they can't actually see it, right? You're just, because whenever they put someone up on stage, they're putting their reputation on the line. I hope this person's good because if, if you, it's kind of like if, um, if you came, I live in Nashville. So Dustin, if you came to Nashville uh, and you said, man, I'm looking for really good tacos, what do you got? And I send you to some place uh, and you're like, yeah, those tacos suck. That's no good. Then every, like any other recommendation I make about anything, you're just gonna be like, mm, I don't know, you know, but if, uh, if you show up and, and I'm like, Hey, these tacos are the best. And then uh, you go there and the tacos are the best. Then it makes like, I have instant credibility, right? So from an event planner standpoint, they are taking a big risk when they put a speaker up on stage to the audience, to, um, their colleagues they're taking, because again, if, if you as the speaker show up and you're amazing, then they're like that, that event planner is the hero. But if you suck on stage, then everyone's like, why did you pick this person? This is a, this is a bad speaker. What were you thinking? You know, it reflects poorly on them. And so you have to make sure that they have something to go off of. They're not going to go off your word. If you just say, just trust me, I'm a good speaker. Put me up there. They're not going to do that. They need to see something there. Just like, um, um, unpopular opinion here. I, I haven't seen any of the star Wars movies. I'm sure they're great movies. The, a lot of people like them. I've just never seen them. They're not, they're just not my cup of tea. Right. So it's not that it's a bad movie. It's just not what I'm looking for. There are plenty of events who are like, you are probably a phenomenal speaker. You're just not what we're looking for. Right. Uh, and so you, but you need the, the movie trailer, the demo video for people to be able to get a sense of that. So those are the two things that you really need before people are, are, um, uh, willing to pay you. Now you mentioned like, you know, having a course or a blog or a book or all, like, again, if you have those things, great, but don't wait till you have all these other things in place before you start. Like those are the things that are like, they're nice little ancillary things, but what gets you gigs is having a website, having a video that you can point people to. So if we have never spoken before, mm -hmm. should we like, what, what should we do to get that, that trailer that's going to highlight our ability yeah. to speak? Do we go to a church and say, Hey, can I borrow your auditorium? There's nothing going to be in it, but it's going to be on stage yeah. and video. Like what's, or should we just go to one of those meetups or, and actually give our time for free? Like what is the best strategy to get that trailer video shot? 
Yeah, it does feel like a chicken egg situation where uh, I need footage in order to get gigs, I need gigs in order to get footage. And so which which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Uh, and so one of the things you can do is if you don't have any of that footage uh, is you can do a couple of things. One is that you could um, you could, could try to find some type of local event to speak at for free. Um, and so this could be, you know, again, like in your case, some type of, of conference or event or um, chamber of commerce or Toastmasters or something that needs to be in a similar setting of where you would want to speak. So for example, you mentioned like the church world. If you're trying to get booked in the church world, then, um, uh, well, let me, let me back up here. I'll give you an example. Uh, you just want to make sure that there's congruency between who you want to be speaking to and what the video is about. So for example, there was a, um, there's a student who came to us a while back and she wanted to be speaking to some type of corporate group. I don't remember exactly, but some type of basically corporate group. And so she sent me her demo video and it was a mix of footage of her speaking at, um, uh, to adults. There's um, some speaking to like elementary kids. Uh, and then there's like a clip of her speaking at a high school graduation. So three totally different audiences, three totally different settings. And so again, there's like this incongruency there when a potential event planner from a corporate uh, type of company is looking at it going like, who does she speak to again? Because everybody I'm watching in the video isn't who we are. So you want to make sure that there is that congruency. So you could, again, try to find something that you could speak at for free. The other option, you kind of described it, and it feels weird, but you could speak to an empty room. Now, I've seen people do this. This can work really, really well. It can be very effective. Um, I can show you clips from uh, the demo video that I had for years that was really effective, really powerful. Uh, and it was the whole the whole video was clips of me, uh, like tight shots of, of, of me on a stage speaking. Now, um, when you watch it, you don't see any other audience members. You don't see anybody else there. You have zero clue how many people are in the room. I, I asked students regularly, I said, let me show you this, some clips here. How many people are in the room? And they're all like 1,000, I don't know. You know, There's actually, there's 3,000 people in that audience, but you don't see anybody. You see me on stage. And so the point being is like, again, it feels weird if you're speaking to an empty room, but it can work and be very effective because if you have like some shots of the audience, that's fine. But remember, like that's not exactly what the event planner they're looking for. They're looking for you. They want to see you speak on stage. So even if you have to recreate it for version 1.0, um, it, it, it can absolutely work. That's that's terrific. So as we and one of, one of the thoughts is now the business aspect of getting new gigs and 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 mm -hmm. scaling. That's one, but there's also the actually doing the talk, doing yeah. the presentation. Can you give us any tips or any suggestions on how to make sure we do it right and not screw up or be effective as a public speaker? Yeah, a couple of thoughts. One is that the, your best um, thing that you can do is to really spend a lot of time practicing and, re and preparing. So the best speakers on the planet, they really take it seriously. They they take the craft seriously. They don't just, you know, I'm going to scribble some thoughts on a napkin and hop up there and hope it magically works out. Like they don't do that and it doesn't work like that. They really spend the time to, I'm going to work on my talk. I'm going to practice. I'm going to um, be a lot more confident when I get ready to deliver. The other thing I would say is uh, as a speaker, one of the best things you can do is to tell stories. Stories are really powerful. Stories are really effective. Stories are really memorable and relatable uh, because humans relate to stories. So if I said right now, all right, let me tell you a story. Like a lot of times, a lot of the audience right now perked up, they're dialing in because like, I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know if this is going to be funny or sad or entertaining or boring or lame or cheesy or motivational or what, but it's a story. So I'm interested and people are just drawn to stories. So if you look at, um, uh, there's a famous talk from Steve Jobs, who's giving a commencement address at, I believe, Stanford. Um, and all he did was he's told three stories. 
I'm going to tell you a story, make a point, tell you a story, make a point, tell you a story, make a point. That's the whole talk. And that's a good example of just like, just tell stories. Stories are really, really powerful for speakers. So really, really be prepared and tell a lot of stories are two simple things anybody can do. That's great. I love that. And I completely agree. Whenever I hear anybody say that, yeah, I'm going to tell you a story. Yep. I perk up. And on top of that, whenever I'm telling a story on a podcast interview or anywhere, or you know, even a, a, doing a public speaking, it yeah. absolutely grabs people's attention. And that's what people remember. They literally remember the stories yeah. and the key point that came out of it because it goes in hand. So completely agree. Now, okay, let me let me tell you, I'll actually tell you a story. I'll give you an example of this. So um, this happened just last week. Um, I, my uh, oldest daughter is, is 13 and she goes to our, our church's youth group. And so I uh, take her and pick her up on Wednesday night. So I take her uh, last week, drop her off. Um, and then uh, afterwards I pick her up. Okay. She just walked out of service, right? She just walked out. She hops in the car. We're driving home. I mean, it was I don't know, just a few minutes ago that she'd heard the message. And I asked her, what did the youth pastor talk about? She's like, eh, I don't really know. But I, he told this story and she goes on for the next several minutes, like almost verbatim what it felt like reciting this story that the guy had, that the youth pastor had told. She didn't remember what the whole talk was about, but man, she knew this story, right? That she just heard a few minutes ago. And so again, and I can think about, it was a story about, um, the youth pastor was uh, in high school and um, he and, and buddies used to um, uh, take all these these pictures around town with a broomstick. And then they would put like these captions of like the broomstick had its own personality. And like I could get I like right now in this moment, I wasn't there. I'm hearing the story secondhand, but I can probably regurgitate enough of the story here to get the idea because stories are very memorable, very relatable. Uh, so it's really important, again, to, to tell a lot of stories. I love that. It's fantastic. I completely agree with you. So I want the last thing I want to do is I want to jump to the very end of the the five steps is how do we scale it? How do we make yeah. sure that we know when to scale it and even how to scale it to where we don't have to work for somebody else anymore, where we are working for ourselves and being successfully unemployed? Yeah. So a lot of this, again, comes down to what your goals are. So again, there's people who their goal is they want to speak 100 times a year and people who want to speak uh, 50 times a year and people who want to speak five times a year. It's not that one's better or worse than the other. You just got to get really, really clear about what it is that you want to do and how does speaking fit into the mix. So uh, again, there's a lot of people who'd say, okay, I'm interested in speaking, but I'm also interested in in doing a book or doing consulting or doing a, a coaching or doing any number of things. And so you can do all the things, but you can't do all the things at once. So again, something's going to come first, something's going to come last. You got to be really, really clear about what makes the most sense for you and what you're trying to accomplish. So again, that's that's again, one of my favorite things about speaking is there's just, there's no right or wrong amount and there's no right or wrong way. You got to figure out what it is that you're trying to do, what your goals are for your business professionally and personally, uh, and then figure out how speaking fits into the mix. That's fantastic. Now it sounds like if, and I know that it seems, or I've heard many, many times, the number one fear that every single person has, or the majority of the people have, is yeah. public speaking. If somebody says, I really want to do it, but I'm scared, is there any tips that you could say to help them get over that fear? Yeah, I'd go back to one of the things we touched on earlier, which is was just uh, the practice side of it. So the more you practice, generally, the more comfortable, the more confident you are. So it's kind of like if you think back to you know school days uh, of showing up to take a test, and if you hadn't studied, you probably showed up feeling really nervous and anxious, and you're like, oh, I'm probably going to fail or flunk this thing versus like if you, you really put the work in, you studied, you practiced, you prepared, you, you read over your notes, you did the study questions, all that stuff. You probably, you may still feel a little bit of butterflies, but you show up feeling like, no, I got this. I'm ready. I'm comfortable. I'm confident. Um, and that would be another thing I would say would be that, um, 
recognize that sometimes your body's reaction feels like nerves, but oftentimes it's actually excitement. So um, if you think about like some of the, the high stakes moments in your life, Dustin, if you think about when you proposed to your wife, when you think about when your kids were born, when you think about, you know, um, uh, like any of these moments where like, this was a really big moment, it was a really big deal. You probably had some of those similar butterflies. You know, when you proposed to your wife, you probably had that same type of feeling that wasn't like, this is going to be a disaster. She's probably going to say no. Like I'm, I'm pretty confident she's going to say yes, or I wouldn't be on my knee asking. But um, my, my, my body's reaction with like this adrenaline and this excitement just shows you that that moment matters. And so whenever you are feeling similar before you go speak, it's telling you that what you're getting ready to do is significant, that it's important, that it matters. Uh, and so again, how do you, how do you minimize that? How do you make sure that it doesn't become like, um, anxiety inducing and it's just way over the top. Then again, that's where you, you, uh, you practice, you prepare. So it's like, I'm nervous. I feel the butterflies, but I got this. I did the work. I'm prepared. I'm ready. I've thought it through. I put in. I put in the effort, uh, and now I'm ready to get on stage and deliver. So um, recognize that it's not always necessarily nerves. Sometimes it's just excitement, but it feels like nerves. Uh, and then make sure that you're, you're really uh, practiced and prepared. Uh, that'll give you a lot more confidence going on stage. That's fantastic. And I know comedians. They number one write everything out. They write all the jokes, but they test jokes. Yeah. Over and over and over and over again to number one, make sure it's crafted right, make sure it's said right, but then also get rid of things that don't work, but also right. so that they know exactly what's going to happen when they tell the joke. So that's fantastic. Now, yeah. you've given us great, great insights. I want to jump now into the rapid fire round. Are you ready for that? Let's go. Let's do it. So the first question is, after you quit your job, now you have a little bit of extra time to be able to give to the community, to serve people. How are you giving back so that you can make sure that either the world's a better place, the community, your family, how are you able to give back or what are you doing to give back? Yeah, one of the things we do um, is we, uh, this is not a, a pat on the back in any way, but we give a significant amount of money away um, to various causes and to our church. Uh, and so I know um, one of the things I've come to realize is as an entrepreneur, one of the one of my skills is being able to, to make money. And so I know one of the opportunities that we have because of that is to help uh, other people, um, and, and giving toward either causes that we believe in or we, that we want to support or, um, just giving to our church. So, uh, financially is one of the, the best ways that we, we have to, to give back. That's great. I love that. Now, next question. If somebody were to come to you and say, Grant, I really want to start speaking. Give, mm -hmm. give me a succinct, maybe like a one minute, uh, or less. How do I get started speaking? Uh, the succinct answer is that you go buy the book, uh, the successful speaker. So that's going to, again, we've given you the high level overview here of what you need to do that speak framework, but you need to just follow the speak framework. So if you're serious about speaking, um, get the book, it's going to go into to in depth on all of those pieces. Um, but that's, that's what you need to do. You need to follow the, the speak framework and to get more information on that, you need to get uh, the book, the successful speaker. And you have countless numbers of students. I mean, I, I can't even count how many students you have. I mean, you, you've shown so many people how to actually do it. So I would absolutely test that you definitely need to. If you're at all interested, that's a great way to go. Quickly go over, the, what are the five steps one more time? Yep. Uh, remember, it's that speak framework, S-P-E-A-K. So the S is select a problem to solve. The P is prepare your talk. The E is establish yourself as the expert. The A is acquire paid speaking gigs. And the K is know when to scale. Awesome. Next question. If you were to go back and give your 13-year-old self any advice, could be life, could be business, whatever it might be, what would you give yourself? Uh, uh Take it easy, dude. <laughs> I think like sometimes we can put so much pressure on yourselves of feeling like, man, I wish. And there's, there's moments now where I'm like, I would love to see into a crystal ball to know like what are the next you know year, five years, 10 years of life, how it's all going to play out. Is it all going to work out? Um, 
dude, just relax. You're good. You're fine. It's going to be okay. Um, keep hustling, keep working, keep doing your thing, but also recognize like there's a lot of things that are outside your control. A lot of things you can't control. So I'll give you a quick example. Um, I'll give you a story. So, uh, I heard this from, I think this was in the book, um, uh, bird by bird by Anne Lamott. And she was talking about it in the context of writing a book. I think this applies in a lot of different ways, but the idea was, um, if you think about life, life is kind of like driving a car at night. You can only see as far as the headlights will show you. You can only see a few feet in front of you, but you can make the entire trip that way. You can literally drive for thousands and thousands of miles having zero clue what's just a few feet in front of you. And that's really the way life is. Like at the moment of this recording, we have no clue, no clue what the next several months, years, decades of life look like. But I know that the headlights can show me a few days, maybe that maybe a few hours, a few moments uh, of life in front of us. I have no idea how things are going to play out, but um, I know that I can make the entire drive that way. So uh, yeah, I think if anything, it's just like, eh, chill out, relax. It's all going to be okay. I love it. I'm, I'm a driven person. So that helps me just in general. I'm like, yeah. man, I, I got to be able to enjoy life yeah. in general as well. So next question. What is one tool, one app? It could be a journal, it could be an app on your phone. What is one thing that has helped you be more successful and, and make your life more efficient? What is one tool we should use? Uh, good question, good question. Um, okay, I've got my, my phone in front of me here. Um, there's one, I'm trying to think of, I think it's called Streaks. Um, um, streaks. Yeah. Uh, I use that for habit setting. Um, and it's a, just a simple one where you can set up, you know, like, um, um, uh, like re reading a certain amount per day or, you know, what you eat or tracking food or exercising or, you know, spending time with your family or whatever. You can put in any number of different habits there. It's just a simple little like kind of yes or no checkbox that you did or didn't do it. Um, so that's a, that's a fun one for just tracking good habits. That's great. I've never even heard of it. So I'm definitely have to check it out. Cool. So last question. What is one nonfiction book? It could be business, life, whatever it might be mm -hmm. that you would suggest that would be great for us to read. Uh, in addition to the successful speaker, uh, I would, uh, I'm a big fan of the book rework. Um, it's by a guy named Jason Freed and, um, his business partner, and they run the company called Basecamp. Um, and that's tool by the same name, but I really, really, I really like the way that they approach business, um, that they are very driven, motivated, you know, entrepreneurial guys like us, but they're not doing it at the detriment of their families or their personal lives. Or like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to build some massive, you know, billion dollar Silicon Valley um, unicorn, but I'm going to sell my soul in the process and I'm um, going to work 80 hours a week and be stressed out and have health issues and never see my family. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to build and be something and do something successful, but I want to do it on my terms. And so those guys do a really good job in, in their book rework, just kind of defining what that looks like for them. That's a great, that's great. I've never heard of it. So I'm definitely going to check it out. Cool. So Grant, you've given us so much great wisdom and insight how can we reach out to you if we want to get into public speaking, get coaching and get your book? Like, how can we get a hold of you and how can we find you? Yeah, everything that we do is over at thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. We have info on the book and some pre-order bonuses, depending on people when they check this out. Uh, you can go to thespeakerlab.com slash book, thespeakerlab.com slash book. So yeah, everything that we do is uh, over there, thespeakerlab.com. Awesome. Hey, Grant, it's been fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing all your great wisdom with all of us. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Dustin. Appreciate you, buddy. All right, you take care. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses 
group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. That's R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. So you can see how you can quit your job, that J-O-B, by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show? Well, I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. Or if you just go to YouTube and type in successfully unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successfully Unemployed on YouTube and wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, Share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successful, unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya.